We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Big ups to the members of the Patreon, Nick Chavez, Derek Pleates, Corey Johnson Hoops, Daniel Gibson, Christopher Velasquez, and Ryan Pisner. I hope all of you had a lovely Thanksgiving. Sorry you are getting the episode a little bit later than usual, usually on Thursday because of the holiday. I moved it to Friday. Also have some housekeeping notes, man, and some announcements. We are cranking out content on the Patreon. Please, if you are a member of the Patreon, show some love to it. Check it out. Tell us what you think. We got some six-packs with Alan. We had a six-pack with uh, Ben Wolfen. I got an episode that's dropping next week with the boys from Culture Hub, CJ and Serge. That's on there. Really, really fun and insightful conversation on building a brand, social justice, the social dilemma, and that funky shit that went down. So that episode's already up on the Patreon. Also, the betting exclusives are on there as well. As, as well. Said as well like four times in one sentence. Congrats me. But you also have the DFS Fridays pod that is on Twitch, but it then gets uploaded as audio. So you do have that as well. And also there's stuff on the YouTube channel too, man. All the episodes, there's a lot of clips from the episodes being posted on the YouTube channel. So go and check that out. The links to everything is in the description of every single episode. So go check that out. Show us some love and tell us what you think. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. And yeah, tell us what you think about that stuff. 
still maneuvering the cameras around a little bit until I found that I find that sweet, juicy, meaty angle that I really want. But uh, yeah, man, check out all that stuff and uh, hope you guys enjoy it. I want to say one thing real quick. I am going to be dedicating an episode to one Diego Maradona, an icon, a legend, a stallion, uh, a goat of goats. I mean, man, if you guys haven't, this is not a promotional ad. This is not a paid sponsorship, but I've rewatched the Diego documentary twice. It's a HBO documentary. Um, Grant Wall of Blue Wire, formerly of Sports Illustrated. One of his friends directed this, and Grant Wall is the voice that you hear at the start of the podcast with American Prodigy. I've been a big fan of that, too. Freddie Adu story. Check that out as well. But, man, Maradona, I'm going to save it for a podcast that's going to drop next week, a tribute to Maradona, for sure. But I want to say, man, this one really hit home because it's my father's favorite athlete of all time. He went to Foxborough in 1994 for the World Cup, and he saw Greece take on Argentina, Maradona's last game as a member of the Argentinian national team, scored a goal against Greece, and my dad was rooting for Maradona. So that just goes to tell you how crazy, crazy sports are and fandom and just what a rare, rare breed Maradona was. So rest in peace to a legend, to an icon, to a certified stallion, and a wild, wild boy. I mean, this guy, out of control is an understatement, but still just you got to appreciate greatness and appreciate a name that is very synonymous with with the world of of football so that's going to be dropping next week but i I did want to just share my thoughts briefly because i was editing the episode the podcast and chill with with zav zav also does the intro to the the podcast and man we literally talk about the 86 world cup they're playing england england versus argentina there was wars between the English and the Argentinians, um, like like actual combat, like wars, not, you know, just like, oh, you know, they went to war on the soccer field. Like, no, no, no. These two nations actually went to war. A lot of hostility between the two sides. And in that one game, I think Maradona within five to ten minutes of each other scored probably the two most iconic goals in the history of soccer, the hand of God, and then literally just body bags like seven dudes on England, takes the ball from midfield, and just, I mean, if you go to my Instagram, you'll hear the call in Spanish. The guy is bugging out, call, Diego, I'm crying. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm crying, because, like, you know, you're not supposed to show your fandom when you're fucking broadcasting a game and you're calling it you can't have al michaels being like yes i hit the over that degenerate but he just like he his 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 heart just took over there man and it was really beautiful but uh yeah there's gonna be something for maradona for sure and i just think that just like even if soccer isn't your thing like a lot of my buddies hit me up about this like bro i don't even fuck with soccer but man i'm, I'm watching this documentary and it's crazy like there's the mafia, there's soccer, there's greatness, there's cocaine, there's sex scandals, there's him being a hero and then turning into a villain. Oh man, I'm about to go watch it for a third time. It's tremendous. 
hats off to a hell of a career rest in peace to an icon my dad's favorite athlete of all time and again there's going to be some stuff on maradona in, in the near future just trying to get a really cool guest to come in on this one but yeah guys hope you had a tremendous thanksgiving monday we are coming back with an nba free agency recap all the crazy shit that's went down i'm gonna have a very familiar guest hop on the show i appreciate you all sit back relax congrats and enjoy a really dope conversation with my guy mr theme music mr drop 300 something pounds dog nick zab What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Veterans Minimum. I'm your host, Nick Dayus. At the Lamb Show is where you can find me. At Veterans Minimum is where you can find everything for the show. In studio, the guy whose voice you hear before mine sometimes on the podcast, my brother, Nick Zab. What up, baby? My man. How are you, dude? Man, absolute pleasure. We're about to start rocking and rolling. We've been hanging out for a couple hours watching some football. We're in the middle of the four o'clock window of the games and man it's a pleasure dude you know this is about a year since i last saw you full year almost a full year on the dot actually because it was in november for sure it was in november and i think our conversation was spearheaded by our love for daniel jones and what we thought about daniel jones I mean, it wasn't. I, was it a love for Daniel Jones, of more of like uh, just the horizons of what we could see because we didn't have Geno Smith at the realm? Yeah, and yeah. thoughts and prayers yeah. for the, the future outlook. Yep, yep. That but, sounds about right. Honestly, yeah. I mean, like hindsight's a bitch when you think about it. But I mean, you can't do anything about it at this point. You kind of just have to sit there and pray for the best. Now, man, I gotta say, I fucking love your music. It's the theme song to the show. Many people have asked me, you know, a lot of people. So uh, I don't know if I've told you this, but like I'm affiliated with Blue Wire. Blue Wire is a podcast yeah, yeah, network. Yes, yes, you have, yeah. <clears throat> Shout out to them. But I've had a lot of people in Blue Wire. I yeah. think I sent you a screenshot. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Like, bro, this theme song is popping. Like, who is this? It's, and not just... a, it's not a lot either, but about five or six. I can account for five or six follows on Instagram just from the show. Just from the show straight up. I'll get a DM every now and then. Probably like once every once every three, four months and be like, yo, I heard your stuff on on uh, Veterans Minimum. I go, yeah, man. Like, that's what it's for. Like, I appreciate it. And it's just funny, too, like being able to get fans from different places. Uh, before we start, though, I wanted to give you something, a little housewarming. Oh, gifts. Got you a bottle of JMO from my man. I remember you telling me that you're a big JMO guy. Oh. And I was hoping we can crack that open. I'm not even a big drinker like that, but I was hoping we can crack it open. Wow. This is, uh, this is first of all, this is, thank you. No problem, one. man. Of course. Uh, number two, this is the first housewarming gift I've gotten. Absolutely. Man. Uh, shout out to Impy and Alan. You guys have been to the place multiple times. Not one gift, but you know what? We'll Sick save name. that for a different time. Also, shout out to Dylan for not coming to see you at work for about a thousand, what is 1100 days? Yeah. We're like at 12, 1200 days now. but that's your boy though that's my guy that's my, that, first of all that's my boy yeah. shout out dylan i yeah, fucking can, love can that kid can i give you a little inside uh info about yeah, that yeah yeah 
So he he actually does work down he the block from my, does, crib, yeah. <laughs> from, from my job. But uh, all his coworkers come, right? Cause to be fair, he starts work a little bit later. Like mm-hmm. I'm only there for breakfast. But you you were a wrestling fan. We were talking about yeah, wrestling. Yeah, Yo, yeah. You remember back in the day, bro? When like Goldberg was first starting, yeah, on Nitro. undefeated man, and he was undefeated. Yeah. But if you remember, it was like, it was like he's forty three and zero, and yep. then the next Monday he was like sixty two yep. and zero. You are like, How just exaggerated. Yep. Yo, so that's what I've been doing with yep. Dylan not coming. So I just add like twenty, thirty. Days well, what's it called? Time. Every time I think last time we were we were talking, we this came up on the last podcast. I am almost positive because I shouted him out for the same thing too because he's the man. He hasn't but, been there since. But it's not even that. So that was about three hundred and sixty days ago. And like in my head, I am like, yeah, he hasn't been there for another eight hundred days. Like yeah, that's just man. how it works. That's it's how so time fun. works. It, it really be your own people sometimes. I mean, man. it is what it is. I mean, you gotta you gotta just take one for the team at that point because now he's just now he's I know he's getting breakfast. I know he's eating. Yeah, and it's just not with you. So that's foul. It is what it is. I mean, <laughs> it is foul. <laughs> Yo, crack that open though, man. You got a cup? Yeah. All right. Why not? Let's let this shit run. Yeah. Yo, tell, uh, while while you're at it though, mm-hmm. tell the people a little bit about like that mixtape and the music thing. Sure, like, man. Well, yeah. So uh, I put out a mixtape last year. Uh, you actually used my one of my songs, Five Borough Cookout," as your intro song. Uh, I'm working on music now. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Where it's more of, it's not as much of a priority but at the same time it is and i'm trying to roll it out a little bit differently where opposed to having a mixtape or having a project i'm trying to just release it one by one with some visuals and you know try and get some get some eyes on it because you know it's hard when you're unknown and you kind of don't have anybody looking for you or checking for your music like that if you have no visuals to it you know it gets lost in the wind so you kind of just sit there and you're like all right, well, I feel like I just wasted a year of my life. But at the same time, it's not wasting because I, I got, thank you, because I got better. You know what I mean? I got a lot better. Uh, I showed you some music. Uh, I'm hoping to roll out some videos within the next couple of months and, you know, hopefully go into the summer with that. My man, cheers, bro. Salute. Thank you for it the invite. This is the first time that I'm ever drinking on my show. Absolutely. <laughs> Pleasure to be part of it. <laughs> mm. I, uh... It's it's a slow building process, yeah, man. Of course. You know what I mean? Like it's not gonna. It's very rare where it happens overnight. Mm-hmm. And also, I like your approach that it's not something that's happening. That it's not something that you're like looking for. You're yeah. kind of just doing it because you like to do it. Yeah, and I think that's where things really start to blossom, bro. Absolutely. I think also, um, I got over the whole like. I wanted to be famous from this. Like, I don't, I don't want to, like, it's not for that. I think like, this is so therapeutic for me to make music. Um, it's important for me to actually, you know, I love the process, like just the way you love the process of doing all this, you know, I just love the actual process of making music. Do you see my face right now? Yeah. You said therapeutic. Yeah. Therapeutic. Yeah. Bro, this is my therapy. It's it, man. It's so good. Isn't it? I love just, I get either friends or or just anybody to either come into the studio yeah. or to call into the show like yeah man this is really therapy for me you ever think about uh this is going to be one of my questions i wanted to ask you uh you ever think about getting voicemails on the show you know way back in the day we did something where people were sending us voice notes and we played it on here yeah and then from there we like answered the question so i do we do this thing 
from way back called the People's Podcast, where mm-hmm. like every month I gather questions, mostly from the patrons. Yeah. But then I'll take like a handful from like Twitter and Instagram also. And we did one way back in the day where they sent us voice notes and it was cool. Yeah. But also a person sent the voice note and they didn't really sound that loud or it was a lot of pauses in between to get their question out and whatnot. And the least amount of editing I could do, Nick, is, is a lot easier. I hear you, buddy. I hear you. But yeah, therapeutic is the word because um, I think we spoke about it earlier too. It was It's more of like, whether this is going out to five people or five million people, like you kind of have to look at it as the way of this is for you. Mm-hmm. And that's all my music is for. It's for me. I, I explain to even my friends when I make my music, um, I, I make music that I want to hear and I feel like that I'm not hearing. And the same way you, with the podcast thing, you know, you're making content for yourself because you feel like you're, you're not hearing it as much as you think you, you would like, you know, like you hear all these sports podcasts, you hear all these other uh, pieces of content, whether it's from entertainers, celebrity, whatever it is. And you know what it's for, you know, sometimes it's a cash grab, you know, sometimes it's for the ads, you know, sometimes it's this or that. I just like shooting the shit, you know, mm-hmm. and that's what I want my music to be is I want my music to sound conversational almost, you know, I kind of want people to look at it and listen to it and be like, oh, there's just a guy talking, you know, and it just happens to be over a beat, happens to rhyme, happens to be rhythmic. And that's kind of where I'm at now. And like I said before, I don't, the fame thing is not my priority, man. I can't, it's not for me. I, I like attention, but I like attention from the people in my life. You know what I mean? I tell my friends all the time that, um, if it wasn't for music and for other future things that I want to do, I would get rid of social media completely. I have no Twitter. I would get rid of Instagram, but I I just want attention from my friends and my family, man. Like that's all, all the people I love. Like that's what I want the attention from. So I want their approval and my music is, it's approval for me. It's the fact that I can do it. You know, that's kind of what I'm into it for. And that's, that's also, if you go back to our last podcast a year ago, I'm not saying that it would be different, my take on it, but I was also in the beginning process of that. You know, I was learning more about myself a year ago. Like, a year changes you drastically. You know, like, look at you and look at this whole situation, you know? Yeah, man. Last year, you came to my parents' house. Yeah. That feels mad good to say. It's so nice, right? Yeah, because we were talking about that word urgency before, Mm -hmm. and I feel like I have a sense of urgency now where, like, I got to get shit done, and I've always been a gsd guy get shit done because from a young age my pops would always just tell me like yo nobody's gonna give you shit bro like no one's gonna give you anything don't expect anyone to give you anything have a close circle of people whether they're friends or family or associates that you can trust in the sense of like sharing ideas and bouncing things off one another but even if someone knows someone don't expect them to do anything for you or to put you on like absolutely i've sort of come up with this new kind of catchphrase or I guess a motto or slogan, whatever, but it's like, be your own cosign. Yeah. You know, like everyone wants to get picked up. Dude, absolutely. I've said that before. That's awesome that you say that. And it's just like, yeah, yo, like I know, I know the stuff is good or else it wouldn't be growing Mm -hmm. every month. Mm -hmm. And also it was a big, it was a big get for me to get picked up by Blue Wire. Like that was really dope because at the time when you came on the show last year was when I was going through the turnover of the show. It was a lot of transition. I remember a lot we were of talking tra- about yeah, it. Yeah, and I was, yo, I'm not going to lie to you. and not, I, It's not a secret. Like, I was very worried about it in the beginning because it's, it's just natural when you have change 
change sometimes isn't good for everybody. Yeah. And like other people liked it. Other people like it more. Other people miss the old stuff. So it all depends. It's all a feeling out process. But it's gotten to a point now where it's like we're sitting in a place completely different from where we were a year ago. Who knows where next year might be? Both of us, too. That's what I'm saying, too, is like right. that's and, really where you're at. And also, I, I really suggest suggest people go back and listen to that podcast with you. I think the name of it was Hustle and Motivate. Yep. And because you have a he's up on the wall, bro. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Everything you see in here. It means something to me. Yep. So it's like it it feels homey. It feels like an office space, but it's like, you know how I know it means something too is because I'm staring you dead, dead in the face. And all I could see is stone cold. It's all I could see, man, because down like right down the barrel. I'm just looking at you and I just see stone cold right behind you, man. Bro, listen, everyone. That's my goat. That's you. That's what do you mean? That's just you. Yeah, that's (laughs) the goat. Like there's many goats out there. There's a couple drops. That's a biceps, bro. That might be you. Yeah. Shave the head, pick it if you need to. Dude, if I wanted to just like if I didn't have such a big ass head, bro, I would love to be just bald. Just just fucking tossing middle fingers up. Bro, I'm a seven and three fourths fitted and it's a tight squeeze. Oh, man. That's tough. Yeah, that's man. tough. That's a big oh, noggin. Yeah, dude. that's a big noggin. I, I, uh, I was called Chrome Dome in high school when I played baseball. Yo, but you know what it is too? You were also, uh, I don't think you were like heavy, but you were bigger like weight wise. And like you don't realize too, because my head is, in comparison to my body now because I've lost weight, um, my head is just like, it just like looks like it sits on top of my body and it's like bigger than my body. And you kind of sit there and like I'll wear a hat and I'll be like, I'm like a seven and a half or a seven and a quarter. And, like, I wear a snapback now, and it's, like, not too bad. But, like, there was a point where when I was heavy, heavy, dude, I was wearing, like, a like a seven and seven and three-fourths. Like, uh, maybe a, sometimes a seven. What's the what's right underneath an eight? What is it, a seven and seven eight, seven eights? Yeah. I remember I wore one of those, and, like, I could fit in it a little bit. And I was like, bro, you got to change. I was <laughs> like, something's got to happen. I go, you can't be walking around with a fishbowl on your head. Dude, I, wanna, I mentioned that podcast because you have an incredible weight loss journey. Really crazy one. I mean, mm-hmm. fuck, you're, you've been posting some of these before and after pictures of you, and it's fucking insane. I even reposted some of them. So yeah, people listen did. To this, I always respect that, no, too. I appreciate no, which, it. I mean, bro, that's fucking awesome. So I don't want to spend too much time on it no, we don't because I want people to go back and listen to it. But can you just give us, like, a brief little yeah about two years ago so actually two years ago in january 2019 i wound up uh i was i was 460 pounds i was going through just like it was like one of those transitional phases in our, in your life no oh, hold on hold on yeah say the weight one more time because <laughs> only because i'll tell you how much i weigh now 462 pounds well that's why i'm also making you share that twice yeah, because yeah. i know how you look now and how you did like yeah, you should absolutely. definitely be wearing that like a badge of honor absolutely you we were just talking earlier when i when i was asking you for gear and you were like what are you now an xl bro i was wearing uh, the high at my highest i was probably like a 5x 5 6 l 5 yeah 6 extra large i think and uh and now i'm a large in shirts which is why it's just wild like it changes your entire life it's cool the look and the aesthetic is nice but also like i have confidence in myself i could rely on myself so i was 462 pounds uh and i wound up getting uh the gastric sleeve in january of 2019 and it was one of those things where it was a slow progress it was it was something where you kind of have to reteach yourself everything you have to you have to give yourself the benefit of the doubt thinking, listen, you're going to mess up. You're going to fail. 
And I did a couple times. And after I did, I, I was like, listen, you got to keep it moving, man. I was like, bro, you got to keep going, man. Because now it was either sink or swim. You either die or you live. And there was no, it was no way of living if you're 460 pounds. Like whoever's out there and if you, you know, overweight, obese, whatever it is, like it's not a way of life. Not because of like how you look either. It's more of you can't depend on yourself, man. You just can't. You can't walk up and down the block without getting tired, without your ankles swelling up. You can't, you, you can't do things that a normal person can do. Like, I would go out with my friends sometimes to eat, and I would have to go up to the hostess before everybody even got there, and I would say, listen, can we get a table, not a booth? Because you can't fit in a booth. You know what I mean? And that's a hard pill to swallow. Like, you know, that's really hard. So the weight loss is cool, but it was also one of those things that I noticed where it doesn't change much like mentally you have to shift mentally and like the weight comes off because the brain gets stronger and you know better than anybody because i see how you are with your with your physical fitness now too like you're really on top of your shit you were never a big dude but you knew that you know you would get stagnant you would get lazy you would get mm. you know you would overeat you know you're working on a truck you know you're kind of you're kind of eating whatever's there, whatever you can make for yourself. And sometimes it's not always the best choices. But then after a while, you're like, shit, man, like I'm sweating walking up steps. Like, dude, I'm not even 30. You know what I mean? I'm like, dude, I don't want to die. Like my doctor told me, he was like, dude, listen, you won't live past 30. He goes by 29, 20. He's, he, he, I, I, I had this when I was 26. So he was like, by 29, 30 years old, he goes, if you got into a car accident, man, your sugars, your, your blood is like syrup because of how high your sugars are. He goes, if you got into a car accident, you would bleed out and die. And I was sitting there. I was like, who here? I was like, I'm 25, 26 years old. Who says that? Mm. And I was like, I had to really face that to myself. And it was one of those things where I kind of like don't look at it as a thing anymore. I look at it as progress and I always know who that guy is. But I also like I, I need to also move on. You know, a lot of people dwell in that and I can't because I'm a different person. And, you know, you lose a lot of friends, you lose family sometimes because you start to realize that when you are heavy, like, or, or obese or whatever you are, you start to realize that people know that you have to depend on them and they have to, and you have to use them as a crutch. And then when you start to rely on yourself more, you don't, you realize like, I don't need you. And not only do I not need you, but you're not doing anything for me, meaning you're not helping me in any way. You're not motivating me in any way you rather stay still like I was and that's the hard part you kind of have to just make that decision being like listen I gotta cut I gotta cut some dead fat literally and figuratively you know so and here I am you know I weigh 225 pounds now so oh, I, lo fucking... I yeah I lost 230 pounds altogether that's beautiful man yeah it's it's I had something a little similar where you know it's weird right like life I don't want to get too preachy, but it's just funny like how life works, right? You always hear that expression because I got up to 245 and then I got the letter that I was accepted into Nassau County Police to yeah. go be a cop. And I had like three months to get ready for the physical and the physical was 29 push-ups 39 sit-ups and like a mile and a half run in i think it was like under 12 minutes i just remember looking at it, i was like there's no fucking way i can do yeah. that like, I don't, there's no way it's just impossible there's no way <laughs> i can't do it now so it's funny again how life works because i was going to become a cop i didn't i went through hell to become a cop and all the money that i lost with the lawyers and shit to fight my case 
And it was like the darkest time of my life. But on the flip side, that helped me get into shape. Yeah. So it's it's the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me because I don't know if I ever would have gone into shape. But it's also not the that's the thing, too, is you have to realize that it's not the worst thing. It's not like a double edged sword at that point. It's not like, oh, it's bittersweet. There's no bitterness. There was bitterness momentarily. Mm. There was like you were upset that you didn't become a cop or you couldn't go through the process that you wanted to. But you also got to realize if you became a cop, regardless of what you think, I know what that life is like. One of my best friends is a cop. Um, I know what that entails in terms of your mental stability. I know what it entails in terms of your time. You would not be able to do this. Well, I also they also gave me an ultimatum. Yeah. They told me that you can't be on the Internet the way you are. Yeah. Because you're subject to a lot of target. Like you're a target. You're a target. So I was just like, you know, it got to a point where I just spent so much money and I was just like, yo, I'm going to fucking blow my brains out literally and figuratively. And I was just like, I can't do it. Like, this is what I want to do. So that's why going back to what you said before about like, this is therapeutic, the music thing. This is how it is for me when it comes to doing shows and even the networking and just conversations, man. Like I had this this kid ben on a couple of weeks ago and we were just talking about like pokemon cards and sports cards and yeah it was just, one of my favorite episodes you did actually i appreciate that yeah. man thanks i really enjoyed that too because i like interesting bro like i like giving people interesting i think i'm an interesting dude i have some like weird interests and i have some like cool ones too but yeah i'm just fascinated by conversation and storytelling so that's my favorite thing about doing a podcast i also think you're kind of um you're you're like me in that sense where you appreciate people for what they are and who they are you don't ever try to sit there and conform people into your little box and your world because honestly, like I don't want, listen, I already know myself. I'm fucking way too much for a lot of people and I wouldn't want more than one of me. You know what I mean? So I love that there's people who are different than me as much as me and you are similar. We're completely different people. Mm. And I love that fact because then you ever like talk to somebody on here and like something comes out of your mouth and you're like, wow, that's the first time I ever said that out loud. Like, not even to myself. Like, I've been thinking about it for months and months, but, like, that's the first time I ever said that. Yo, I, uh, the, the kid Ben was just talking to me, and he was just like, you know, I'm 24 years old, and I'm engaged. And uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh, that's what's up, man. And I was like, yo, don't, don't be embarrassed about it. Like, you're in love, you know? He's like, yeah, I am. I was like, congrats on the sex. Congrats on the sex, buddy. Good for <laughs> and, you. It all happened because on my Twitch stream, bro. Uh, th- this kid, uh, Daniel Gibson, he's a he's a patron. Shout out to him. Thanks for the the contributions. But he was like, yo, man, you know, like COVID's been pretty tough on me and whatnot. But I just like had a newborn. And I was like, yo, congratulations. And Nick, I don't even know why. I was just like, yo, congrats on the sex. What do you mean? That's the first thing you should congratulate somebody <laughs> on when you hear about their nuptials and their kids. Uh, listen, unless like unless like you're like walking into it and knowing like, all right, it's a touchy subject. The first thing I hear about Whenever I talk to my boys and they're like, yo, I got a new girlfriend. I'm, every time I meet them for the first time, the girls, I'm like, yo, good for you for letting this kid touch you. I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. I go, yo, you didn't even have to do that. I know him. I go, you don't have to do that. That's so nice of you. And they always look at me like, bro, this is the first time I'm meeting you. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to be the last either. So good try. Yo, that's hysterical. That's a good one. That's that's mad rugged. By yeah, you. I mean, yeah, but also too, it kind of it gives me an introduction to them, and like they kind of see who I am as a person because then they're like, all right, now I'm just in for a rude awakening with this guy because I'm brutally honest. But also, like you said too, like we're at an age now where listen, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. I can't. I don't want. I got to 460 pounds because everybody was tiptoeing around me and literally and figuratively, you know, like they were literally trying to not say things to me to not hurt my feelings. 
But like, dude, sometimes you need to be told shit. When I was at my heaviest, I was at the beer garden in Astoria. Love the beer garden, yeah. My buddy Petey, uh, P- Peter Toro, shout out to him. I'm going to clip this one and I'm going to tag him in it. Mm-hmm. But we, me and him have the same birthday. Well, I'm a day older than him. So we go out for our birthdays and he just goes, yo, you know I love you, right? And he's like one of those friends where I see him like two, three times a year. If that... The best time. Also, him, congrats on the sex. Congrats, he just had a new boy. You know? Good for him, man. Good for Good him. For him. Skin on skin. You Dude, made if he it has real. two kids, that means he had sex twice. That's crazy. <laughs> no, no, Good for him. First one. But, but yo, he comes up to me. He's like, yo, bro, you know I love you, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, you know I care about you, right? I was like, yeah. He goes, yo, you've gotten fat, bro. Yes. Keep those friends, dude. Yeah. Keep those friends at all times. That's yeah. the friend that you need always, all right? Nobody ever said a word to me. Ever at my biggest, at my light, whatever it was, man, nobody said a word to me. And everybody's sitting there thinking, like, well, you know, like, I didn't want to say anything. I go, no, no, but you should have. Because now what happens is instead of hurting my feelings, it's technically hurting my health Mm. physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything, man. Everything is affected by that. And I looked at it as, and it's weird, man, like, not to stick on the health thing, but I hold. Uh, I had to get over it, but I hold a lot of resentment towards a lot of people, whether it's in my family or my close circle, because they let me get there. And I'm not saying I'm not my own person. I got there on my own, but they let me get there because they said to they said nothing to me. Mm. And now the hard part is I'm at the point in my life where I live that part already. So now when my friends are getting fat or they're heading down a wrong path, I'm the bad guy. I let them know. I go, listen, man. I know I'm not in the best shape. I know I'm not like the skinniest guy in the world. I know that. But also, I go, listen, you put on like 20, 30 pounds since I seen you last three months ago. I go, that's 10 pounds a month, man. I go, that doesn't, I don't care about what you look like. I care about what's going on up here. And clearly something's going on up here if you're gaining 30 pounds in four months. You know, like that's my issue. My issue isn't, oh, he put on five pounds, six pounds. Wow, it's tough. That's not my problem. That's, that's. That, that happens, man. It just happens. But like everything else, man, you sit there and you're like, wow, mentally, you are going through it. And I know what it was like to go through it mentally. And there's so many people out there who go through it on the mental aspect. And what you see on the outside is how they're feeling on the inside. When you see a 400-pound, 500-pound man, 350 pounds, whatever it is, you know something's going on inside mentally. You know something's wrong. You know they're either going through from family shit or they're going through some insecurities that are building and building and you just can't get out from under it and sometimes you need people and like you need your friend you know like you need people like even me who I have a lot of people in my life now who I have to be the bad guy and as much as I I hate it sometimes because like I have this weird thing of approval and wanting everybody to like me obviously because I'm a human being with a fucking soul but I kind of sit there and I'm like, dude, like you need to hear it. And not only do you need to hear it, sometimes I need to hear it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. Bro, I couldn't agree more with you about the idea of having people like that in your life. Because i rather that. i rather, like I have three, four friends that are like, yo, you, you were a dick back there. Yeah. No matter what the conversation was about or what the situation was about. And you need people like that. It's, it's super important. Super important. To, it's like a... I've been, I told you, I, I told you earlier, I've been trying, I've been dabbling in like doing uh, life coaching and wellness coaching and all that stuff. So like 
I don't even look at it as like I'm coaching. I look at it as just like, listen, you need an accountability partner at some point, whether it's your weight, whether it's your mental health, whatever it is, you just need somebody to hold you accountable. Like when you're fucking up, you need somebody to tell you. And yo, I'm not excluded to that. Like mm-hmm. I need somebody to do that for me. So I always tell the people who I'm working with too. Like I always say like, listen, this is not like uh, you listen to me and that's it. Like my way or the highway. I go, I need you to hold me accountable because like I'm still in the process of doing all of this. This is still a huge adjustment to me, whether it's the weight or whether it's just my actual life, how I'm leading my life. It's a huge adjustment. And I'm trying to figure myself out as long as, as long as I'm okay with myself, which we talked about too, is that I'm comfortable with myself. And that's the most important thing to me is being comfortable with myself. How long did it take for you to get to that point? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you the cliche answer and be like, I'm still on the search for it. You know what I mean? And be like, listen, I'm still looking, I'm still looking for it because there are times where I really do feel like I got it under control and then something stupid happens and I fucking snap and I'm like, geez, bro, like that got you mad. I'm like, that is holding weight in your brain and your heart. I go, that sucks, man. You know, like whether it's people not also, I think of it this way. You see how your life is operating right now. You feel like you have a sense of control in Mm -hmm. your life. For a very long time, I didn't have any control of anything, whether it was my weight or my life, my uh, income, like my family life, my relationships with people. I didn't have any control of that. So when you finally get a handle on some things, it's very hard to let go of that control, whether it's a relationship you're building with somebody, a girl or a friend or a coworker, whatever it is. And it's really difficult, man. It's not the easiest thing to do. And you kind of sit there and you're like, well, I am who I am. And you can't let the outside noise bother you, you know, like you like like for you, like this is this is your domicile, you know, like this is where you want to be. And if anybody tells you anything like that's just noise, man, you can't you know what I mean? It can't derail you like it's you're not going to let it at least, you know, with your perseverance and your hard work. But you kind of you kind of figure that out along the way and dude like we're not old like as much as we feel it in our knees sometimes when it gets cold we mm. are not old we are young men and like we have a lot of life to live so you kind of sit there and you go wow i have this to look forward to like i have my 40s to look forward to people are like oh your 40s your 50 whatever dude i'm not even 30 yet you know what i mean i get my whole 30s to look forward to i get i get a whole other 20 30 years of my prime i missed out on a couple years of my life because I wanted it that way. Like I wanted to lose out on those years, but it actually taught me so much more and it helped me bounce back even more. 2020 has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the right person you need to keep your business going. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 
Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. They made it in this email. They put BEST in all caps and slanted that bitch to let us know that it's their best offer available. The offer is valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And while we are here, let's give a shout to Pepsi. Yes, Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. I can hit a 50-yard field goal. So I don't know if Pepsi's talking about the boy right now. You know what I'm saying? But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. When I got to my heaviest, I wasn't like depressed. I wasn't angry. I wasn't anything more than just an alcoholic, I think. Yep. Yep. <laughs> bro, I, yeah, honestly, bro. I would go out like me, Josh, Impy, Eric, and my buddy Dunbar would literally go to the same nightclub every Saturday night for, <laughs> I think, like 25 straight weeks. Nice. Yo, I'm not exaggerating, bro. Nice comps because we knew the dudes that ran it we had tables then get hammered and then from there you go straight to the diner at 3 a.m yep where you eat a bunch of fries with cheese fries that's cheese it, bacon man. cheeseburgers it, oh i need one of those what do you right mean now. those are the best meals ever oh yeah dude i'm a western omelet is my go-to Listen, I'm still a, what's it called? Till this day, like, I'm always, like, a fatty when it comes to food, no matter what. Like, I love food. And the reason why I bust my ass, whether it's working out or, you know, making sure I'm under control. Like, I do my intermittent fasting just like you do. And the reason why I do it is because I enjoy food so much, man. Like, I love food so much. And I do it because I'm like, all right, well, I earn this shit. Like, yo, I... This is this is the sick mind of mine where if I lose five pounds, I chalk it up like I lost three because I'm like, bro, I'm going to eat my weight and like fucking ice cream, you know, <laughs> like like I kind of am like, all right, well, I got to treat myself to something and I don't want to restrict myself from anything. And it's just also having a relationship with food at that point. And dude, like I don't drink like this is the first drink I've had in a very long time. Like I had one on my birthday with my friends and stuff, but I don't drink casually. Like I don't go out. I don't do all that stuff. So. This is all just sugar. Mm. Like, it's just all sugar. So, like, when people are like, oh, yeah, but drink it with cranberry juice. It's like, all right, well, that doesn't fucking work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that doesn't work. It just makes yeah, you, you pee just, weird. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you just try to find a reasonable out of some kind. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, you try and justify for yeah, yourself like, always. Gin and tonics. You're like, oh, you know, it's just tonic. It's just tonic it's water. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah but good try. Nice. Yo, are you... um? 
Are you allowed to talk about the stuff that you do with the editing stuff? Is that like... Oh, uh, yeah. So... Because um, it's really cool. And I was going to edit this yeah, out anyway. Yeah, yeah. And you were going to make me do an extra part of my job, which I hate doing. Yeah, absolutely. I should have asked you this before. No, no, no. Absolutely. Him, but I figured... So it's not even... It, it's, it's really... I hate to cut you off, but it's it's like dope, man. It's really cool. And also... Yeah, it is. You sort of... You sort of now entered like the the digital content yeah world and you're doing a lot of what i'm doing too so tell the people a little bit about the shit that you so do, i actually the, the funny thing is is that like uh the thing i do is i i chop up videos for a, for a podcast and it's called the history hyenas podcast don't mean to plug them but like i'm gonna plug them because they're really funny chris stefano Giannis papas yo Giannis is a dirty lamb just he like is I, he baby. is such a dirty Lambs lamb man. he's a, Giannis, such a dirty baby. lamb dude all and he's the best though he's the best but like they're two funny guys right there they run a pretty successful podcast where they genuinely do talk about history like they talk about a lot of stuff that has happened in the world not just america but in the world and they put a spin on it where you kind of sit there and you're like wow that's actually pretty everything seems so complex sometimes when it comes to history of things so like they make it very simple and they let you know to the point like what's going on and they're a great podcast uh my friend one of my friends uh from childhood actually and he's still one of my closest friends he's a producer on the podcast and they don't technically i've never met them i don't know them they don't know me mm. uh they don't even know that i do the clips really i'm pretty sure but like i i take their episodes and i and i kind of make clips for them because like i find stuff that i like and i think is funny and i just clip them and uh i send them to my friend and he puts them on youtube and i i it's one of the better things that i do actually because like i get to just sit there uh and listen to a podcast in full and not only do I listen to the podcast, I watch it and I, I'm like sitting there laughing hysterically. And then when I find something funny, I just kind of like mark it off and I go, all right, this is pretty funny. Like, I think people will find it funny. And then like, as time goes on, you kind of watch it on YouTube. You kind of watch what hits, you kind of watch what doesn't. You kind of see like the the little algorithm that it works, but it's really cool, man. It's such a cool podcast and it's such a funny, funny like path that I'm taking too, because like, it's just a... It's like the opposite side of what I've been doing. I've always been with my music. I've always been the guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And between me and you, I'm not like a huge fan of that. Like it's not, it's probably my least favorite thing about making music. You know what's funny, man? I, I used to be like growing up, I was always like the best athlete. Yeah. And like, you know, I was a really good soccer player. I do this thing on the Patreon where I ask you what your biggest regret is in yeah. your life. Little uh, cheap plug. But that's one of the questions. And like, for me, it, it's weird. Again, going back to the thing I said about the cops before, how the cops was like the worst thing that ever happened to me because I went down these like really dark places. But it also became the best thing because that jump yeah. started me into getting into shape and really caring about my body and my health while I have a cup of Jameson next to me. Salute. Salute. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but dude, I had a... Uh, I was... My biggest regret was quitting soccer when i did i quit soccer when i was 16 and that was like really fucking good man like i was i was legit like i had i could have went and played like overseas like i was really really good i also played a position are you a soccer fan at all no no not really i played defensive midfield so for like people that don't know that's like a very 
it's like a ugly, not like you're not Ronaldo. You're not gonna score mad goals. You're like the fighter in hockey, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're the grinder. Yeah. That's actually a good analogy. Like yeah. you clean shit up. You're like the almost the last line of defense, kind of. And like I was really good on like corner kicks and free kicks. Like I was a set piece specialist. But anyway, I don't want to bore you with like soccer lingo. But you know, I do think that life works in a really unique way because I stopped playing soccer because I fell in love with football. And now football is is your life. What yeah. we're sitting in right now, yeah. right? And then like, you know, the basketball stuff, MMA, soccer, like everything's now become into this one brand that I'm building. And you said the thing about like being front and center with your music. Like me, I always was front and center, and I loved it. But then I kind of like got mad insecure because my teeth were foul. Like yeah. I had baby teeth. Bro. Yeah, I had baby teeth. Yeah, you told me you had braces. And yeah. then I had braces when I was 26. Like, son, that shit was mad awkward. Yeah, definitely. Trying to hit on chicks at the bar. And I'm Absolutely. just like, well, they're, like, oh, that, yeah. they're yeah. like, oh, that's great. What high school are you in? Yeah. It's like, no, nah, I'm a grown man. Yeah, I pay I'm, a I'm, utility yeah. bill. Yeah, I'm, I'm 27, actually. <laughs> I know this is weird. I should have had these at 17, but you know, 10 years later. But but now, like, one of the reasons why I went and I got braces when I did was because I saw that this was going to be, like, a career path of mine. And I really love doing it. I just knew that if I got that fixed... I could go back. Like, I always joke with my friends. I was like, yo, I was way more popping in high school. Yeah. Like, I was the high school quarterback. You peaked, bro. You peaked. Yeah, I I peaked way too early, bro. Yeah. So trying to, you know, pull back the time a little bit. But that's one of the reasons why I went and, like, got my braces, got in shape also. Because I didn't want to be that guy that was like, yo, you were, like, the man back then. And, like, now you're kind of like. Isn't it funny, though, actually, when, um, when you really, like, think about it in terms of time. High school, you were the man, you know, you feel like you peaked, you were really like, you were the spotlight. And then like, there's that lull of like 20 to 24, 25, where it's supposed to be the prime of your life physically. And like, you're also supposed to be going out, doing whatever, having fun, you know, getting a job or, you know, finishing college. And like, ironically for a lot of people, myself included, it's like the weirdest time ever where you're like... I'm not a full-fledged adult because I live with my parents. Um, I'm very insecure about my look, so I'm sitting there. I can't even hit on women the way I want to. Or, like, I wish they knew my type of personality because, like, I would be more confident. But then you're, like, sitting there. You're, like, dude, you don't even take care of yourself. Like, your health is bad. Like, you're kind of sitting there. You have high school tendencies, but you don't play the high school sports. So you're, like... You kind of like I, I was a high school athlete. Like, I mean, I say athlete very loosely, but I played baseball for four years. And... I wasn't in the best shape. I was always a bigger guy, but I was always in shape. Like meaning I was always able to play a sport. Like I was never really heavy where I was like, buddy, you're, you got to pull it back. But I always was the guy who played a sport. So I always was like, all right, well I could eat whatever, you know, I have practice later. And then all of a sudden practice stops, you know, like you kind of stop high school ends, you go into college, you know, you start smoking pot, you start drinking more, you start partying and your dieting doesn't stop like the way it is. Like your diet is shit. It's just a high school diet, but like in a college body. And then you're like, all of a sudden you wake up one day, sophomore year of college and you're like, bro, I'm sweating, trying to tie my shoes. Like what's going on? Like what's happening? And then like 23 comes and you're like, now your brain is so attentive to all these things. You're like, shit, like I'm so aware of all this. Like I'm so aware of my belly. I'm so aware of how fat my face looks after a night of drinking. Like I'm so aware of everything where in high school you'd be like, all right, well shit happens. I'll sleep it off. And like now you kind of are like, and then 25 hits, 26 hits. And you're like, okay, I'm not a kid. And I'm not an old man, but I'm also like 
26, I lost my dad's medical insurance and I had to get on my own medical insurance. And I'm like, bro, like real life is hitting me hard, man. Like my dad looked at me. He goes, listen, I have medical insurance from the city. He goes, you have it too. He goes, you're turning 26 next week. He goes, you better get a fucking job that gives you medical insurance because you ain't got shit. And I'm like, damn, dude, it's like that. I'm like, that's what happens. And then you kind of realize you're like, yeah, that's the stage. Like, and also... I don't know if you do it, but like you have, uh, you have Greek grandparents. I have Italian grandparents, but they look at you like you're at the age of 25 and they're like, you're not married. You have no kids. <laughs> they're like, you, you don't have a steady job. And I'm like, first of all, that's your problem, not mine. Like, I'm like, I'm figuring myself out. You know, you do this whole like Zen thing and you're like, well, I'm doing me like I'm learning myself. And they're like, yeah, yeah, learn yourself, but like earn a fucking paycheck, you lazy sack of shit. And it's like, all right, well, like now I'm at, I'm 28 now and I'm not all the way there, but I'm kind of on my way to what I want to do, which is to me better than like, not to be all cliche and shit, but it's better than a paycheck. Like I get to do what I want. And not only do I get to do what I want, but I'm responsible for myself. And I think that's where you're at too, in terms of like your health, like this is the best I've ever seen you look in shape wise. You know what I mean? Like not, not saying you were never in shape, but like, this is like, you just look fit, you know, it's different. Thank you, man. Yeah, no problem. You trying to make it? I don't. No, I mean, no, listen, dude. we got a drink or two. You want to get a plate? Is it? You want to get some food? What are you? You down or? Dude, I uh, I appreciate that because I, I do feel like now the the whole thing and you you said about the paycheck thing like it really I think it it gets to a point where you finally figure out what you're gonna do and what you want to do. And again, it's like mad cliche. Yeah. And I think the coolest thing about it and the one thing I really like, why I'm so open to my audience and why I'm so open like on social media about this shit that I go through is because I'm so confident in myself because I know my work ethic. So I know that, yeah, it might take time. And we were talking about this before we started recording. We were just shooting this shit, watching football. Yo, I know when the blow up happens, it's going to be fucking a hurricane what do you mean i'm trying to be part of it that's why i'm glad you use my music (laughs) (laughs) that's a fact though but yeah absolutely i want to i want to with the people that support me and show genuine love not fake love like real love and they really care and they reach out when they're not supposed to but they just do because that's in their nature like i don't i take pride in things people take for granted absolutely and again this is all like therapy to me bro like i really like there's there's mad times where you know Alan's in the background right now where he's he's watching Red Zone, but there's times where like I don't want to record, but then I know Alan's coming in and then Alan walks in and then we just start like we'll talk about like what the show's gonna be about and then before you know it, it's like all right bro we're good this That's is really this is exactly say, what I needed. That's funny you say that because this is how I look at it with uh, and I hate to bring it back to the whole diet thing, but this is how I look at it with uh, eating. When I'm bored as hell, doing nothing, sitting in my room, like all you think about is like, uh, like I need to be stimulated in some way, whether it's drugs, drinking, sex, food, whatever it is. And you try and find your vice. And then all of a sudden, like you meet up with a friend or you do a podcast like this and like you don't think about it because like you're engaged, you know, you're finally there, you're attentive, you where you want to be. And you don't have to sit there and like second guess yourself. Mm -hmm. And like, that's kind of where I'm at too. Uh, I actually had a question for you. um, And it's in regards to the podcast. 
I'm, I feel like you're in a safe place in terms of where you want to be and what you want to do. And I'm, and I'm glad that you're there. Have you gotten to the point where you feel like your parents also understand what you're doing or no? Yeah. Cause meanie, I'm, I'm not there yet, but I think it's also a battle. I think it's a battle completely with yourself where you kind of have to put that to the side and go, listen, they're a different generation of people. Like they don't get the internet at all. Mm. Like my grandfather still tells me to this day, he goes, Nick, I saved the New York Post for you. I go, Grandpa, I have the New York Post. <laughs> I go, it's on my phone. I got it before and it's you called did. It's all, first of all, it's called Twitter. Second of all, like I have the New York Post. It's on my phone. Like I don't need a physical copy of it. Like And like you kind of sit there and they don't get it in a way. But also, like, is it their job to get it? Like, is it your dad's job to understand what podcasting is? No, because he busted his ass in a completely different way. So he'll only under, I feel like our parents and grandparents will only understand it when you become a success. Like the grind to them is not like, oh, you're sitting in your room, like talking in a microphone. Like that's not grinding. That's not hustling. Meanwhile, it's like, yes, it is because you don't understand who's hearing the other side of it. You know, like you're part of a program now. You're part of a podcasting channel where you sit there and you're like, I got there because I was speaking into a microphone. You know what I mean? And like, it's weird. You kind of like with my music and stuff, I got to perform down in Texas a couple of years ago and I, my my parents didn't even understand what I was talking about, about music because they were sitting there like, you want to rap? And like, I'm not even kidding, not even to make it a race thing. They were like, you're white. They were like, what is, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I like making music, whatever. And then all of a sudden I told them, listen, I'm going to Texas. I'm going to perform at South by Southwest. And they looked at me. They were like, what? They were like, somebody's going to pay you to go on stage? I said, yeah. I go, isn't that awesome? And like, they don't realize it until it's that, until it's tangibly there for them, until they can touch it, you know? So I don't know how it is for you and your family, but like, I feel like this is a huge deal. This is a big deal. I'll let you finish that whole rift. Mm -hmm. And you saw me shaking my head no. Yeah. Bro, how long you want this podcast to go? Uh, a couple of days, man. I got a sleeping bag in the back. Because I, to this day, my parents have never congratulated me on anything or like, good job or whatever. They don't, they don't get it. There's a line from a Kid Cudi song, Ghost. You ever heard that song? With the Kanye album? Uh, no, no, no. It was like his, Alan, what, what album? Man on the Moon 2. Oh, okay. right. At the end, he goes, I hope they understand that I really understand that they don't understand. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's bro, live with that. That's they don't. Bar. They don't. You said it. You said it. My dad is a 54-year-old Greek dude. Yeah. Who moved here in 1987, 1986? Excuse me. I remember that because his favorite soccer team is Argentina. Like he loves Argentina. Maradona was like a god to him. He would watch all the games. He would wake up because of the time zones and shit. He would wake up early in Greece to watch Maradona. So. That's why I was a big soccer fan growing up, too. And he moved here at the summer of 86 was when they won the World Cup. Argentina won the World Cup. That's the whole. You've probably seen this visual. He, uh, the hand of God, he literally scores a goal in the World Cup with his hand. Really? Yeah, against England. Oh, okay. Yo, the two probably, like, if you were to do a Mount Rushmore of the most impactful legendary goals ever scored in a world cup he has two of them in the same game really within like i think 12 minutes of each other not to cut you off but 
uh, I, I think we were talking about it earlier. Uh, that guy Andres Escobar, who scored in his own goal in the World Cup and then got killed by the cartel the next day. Yeah, ridiculous. Go on though. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I, you, you know, I had the Narcos guys on. Yeah, on yeah. That was. I told you that was one of my favorite episodes. Bro, that, that was. It was so. Ridiculous. I always put out content for the people. What I think the people. Yeah. That one was for the people, and it was. All oh for me yeah, too. absolutely. Because I've always been fascinated by that, like the whole cartel era, the Escobar era. Like the guy scored in his own goal, and I think he lost the cartel like half a mil or a million. He lost them a ton of a money. A lot of money. And yeah. then like in three days, I think three days later, he was out with his friends, and they killed him. Well, That's a lot insane. of people, a lot of people don't remember. In 1994, the Colombian soccer team from like 89 to 94, bro, were the powerhouse yeah. in the world. And mind you, South America at the time had like Argentina was still booming, Brazil was good. Like I think like Paraguay, Paraguay, Peru, yeah, yeah. Peru That's the only like, thing I know is because they were these like a competitive team. But Pele, the one of the most iconic soccer players of all time, he came out and said he's like, "Yo, my pick to win the World Cup in '94 was Colombia," and then. They lose to the United States in the United States. They were playing at the Rose Bowl, Pasadena in, in California, and he scores the own goal against the U.S., which, like, if you think U.S. soccer is bad now, which it's not, back then it was, like, a joke. Yeah. Like, the MLS wasn't even around yet. Yeah. And they lose there, and then, yeah, he goes back to his country, and, and then the They whole, kill him. Yo, there's a tremendous fucking 30 for 30. It's called the two Escobars, bro. It's the best one. Really? I'm super biased because I'm just fascinated by the cartel life and, you know, Colombian chicks, number one draft pick. Top overall, 10 at least. Unanimous. Yeah. Unanimous. Uh, top 10. That's that's a crazy yeah, take. It's disrespectful. That's Way closer to one than to 10. Yeah. But anyway, going back to Maradona, he, my dad came over here. My dad was like one of the top mechanics in Greece, bro. Like legit. His, his buddy that they had a mechanic shop is like one of the biggest mechanics in Athens right now. Really? Yeah, and like they were partners together. My dad moved to the states for like greener pastures, you know, like golden. The American dream, yeah. The American dream, yeah. right? So my dad came to the states, and they were telling him like, "Oh, yo, you want to open up a mechanic shop? Yeah. Well, you need like twenty five thousand dollars." He's like, "Well, hold on, I thought someone was gonna give this to me." Like he was mad delusional. He's twenty one, twenty two. You know, he met my mom at twenty three, had me at twenty four. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, my dad's whole approach. To life was always like, you go to school, you get a degree, you work a nine to five. Because also my customer base is a lot of people like that, you know, financial guys, economic guys, business guys and shit. So my dad don't know, like people listen and based on how many downloads the show gets, I get a certain percentage from the brand that I'm with or the company I'm with or sponsorships. They don't, he don't, he don't get that. But he's not supposed to get it. He's not. It's not his business. It's That's not, not his, his business, business no. because he's a different generation. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm sure he, they want me to do well, obviously, but I've butted heads with them so many times over this because this is all I want to do. And I know that it's working because again, it's continual, continuing the growth, right? Like if this wasn't working and from the beginning, people just like gravitated to me. I always hear that my voice is like really good. I don't know. It's just weird. Well, it's like, not that your voice. It, it also, you can tell the difference between a voice with confidence in it. And you got to realize too, like a lot of people who say they can do a podcast. Like I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. A lot of people are like, yeah, I can do a podcast. I can do it. I go, listen, when the mic comes on and all of a sudden I'm asking you something and you have to sit there and like you're second guessing everything you answer. That's not a podcast. That's you taking five, 10 seconds to think about an answer like, it's just a fluent conversation. Like, you need to... That's why I like even doing that. This isn't a podcast to me. We just hung out. We did a podcast out there on the couch for yeah. two hours. You know, like, 
I don't look at it that way. I just look at it as like we're having a conversation. It happens to be that people will listen to it. You know, like that's really the difference. Like that's yeah. kind of it. So I don't I don't trip over that anymore, man. I, I've just I know my dad is going to be super hyped and he'll be like, good job when I sign like a deal with like Spotify or some shit. Absolutely. Like something. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. the bag comes, that's yeah. when he's gonna be like, "Oh my god, I was rooting for you to." All. I, I also, I also think that our parents, in a weird way, it might not be like I, I'm learning this about my mom at least. I don't think that they want you to follow in their footsteps specifically, but I think they just want you to be able to survive. Like I want, the, I think they want to be able to see that you collect the paycheck, you have health benefits, and like if you broke your leg tomorrow, you'd be able to get it taken care of. It's really yeah, it. it's the it's the security thing. That's the thing that I was sold on going to be a cop, the pension, the security, yeah, the absolutely. benefits. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing. Like, yo, I don't want to knock on it. Like my uncle's a police officer, yeah. my mom's a teacher, my dad is is a street vendor. Like, that's cool. Like I'm still doing that. It's you know? stability. Like, it's very it's stability. stability that's is, that's what you is want. What, why a lot of people get complacent yeah, there too. Sure. So I, I just I just want more out of things. You see also during quarantine, uh, we were talking about earlier how during quarantine, you kind of realize that your job could be done from home. Mm. And that's the hard part is now all these companies are like, well, not only do I have to fire some of these people, but like I can cut my overhead because I don't need an office. I could just set them up with a computer in their house and they can do that. And between me and you, I can't do that. I know my personality. I'll gain weight. I'll be lazy. I'll have no ambition. I'll Listen, there are a lot of people who want these things and I'll never knock anybody for that. I also learned to like, I think probably this year it's helped the most. Um, I need to go find my money. And like the same as you, you need to just go find your money and you need to, some years are going to be better than others. Um, sometimes you're going to be a little more nervous about where your next meal comes from. But also we don't come from like bad people. You know, there's people out there who actually don't have anybody. You know, we have parents who listen, if anything, push comes to shove, you fall on your ass, you have a roof over your head. Right, right. Yeah. And that's huge. Like that's something that I never take for granted. Like I have to live with that because I always tell I always tell my parents that my parents are divorced, but individually they both do things in in the sense of like I I cater to you because I want to make sure you're okay before I go. And I always say to them that, listen, because of you guys, like I'm able to start on second base. You know, a lot of people don't even make the team. You know, I get to start on second base and like I get to make decisions because I know that I have a fallback of being able to live somewhere or being able to find like a meal. And like a lot of people don't have that luxury. Like you, if it, like we were talking about how if you if podcasting all of a sudden the industry just fell to shit and it ended for you, your backup plan is a career. Mm. And like, that's kind of where I'm trying to be at is my backup plan being a career. And by having that and by working hard in both avenues and finding a side hustle, making the side hustle, your main hustle, I feel like that is a luxury that a lot of people do not have. And like, it actually allows you to be confident on the mic. It allows you to, invest your money in yourself and this equipment and your setup in a new place and being able to branch off from your family, which is what I just recently did also. And between me and you, man, we were just talking, we were talking on the pod earlier about how change is very scary and dude, change is terrifying, but also what's the saying? You have to be, uh, like sometimes you have to be uncomfortable to succeed. You know what I mean? You have to get knocked out of your comfort zone. And 
I think one of the things that I read recently that really interested me was choose, choose the path and career that makes you the most nervous because like that means it's worth it. You know what I mean? A lot of the times I kind of would not do things because I said, listen, if I don't do it and fail, then I still have it. You know, like if you didn't choose to do podcasting, one day you'd be in your in your house, in your mom's house, in your dad's house, in your room saying to yourself, well, listen, if anything, well, if, if everything fails, I could just go try podcasting. And it's like, no, that's not how this works. This is a gradual build. You have mm -hmm. to grind and grind and grind. It sounds ridiculous, but I've been rapping for 10 years, actually probably longer, 12, 13 years. I recorded my first thing when I was 16, 15, 16. So I've been rapping for 13 years almost. And I'm not saying like, oh, I've been rapping for 13 years. Listen to me, like hear, hear what I have to say. I'm telling you, I've been rapping for 13 years and I still have so much to learn. I still don't know a lot. I still need to find my place. I still need to find out what I want to do, how I want to approach music. And I'm almost 30. You know what I mean? Like, yo, know, you kind of sit there and I feel like everybody's so focused on getting there at 25, 24, 25 and getting that bag and making sure that you're secured for the rest of your life at 25. Dude, most of the millionaires and the billionaires we look up to and we look at them and go, wow, look at this. They've been doing what they're doing for 30 years. You know what I mean? Like they're in their 40s, in their 50s. People look at Warren Buffett and go, wow, that guy's a billionaire. That guy's, a, that guy's almost 80 years. He's probably 80 years old. He's in his 80s. Like, what do you mean? Of course he's a billionaire. The guy's been doing this for a 50-year clip. Well, you, you don't think that has to do with social media? Yes, absolutely. I, I actually do. Because that's because I think the only answer to that is yes. Yeah. I, I also think, though, it's more... The social media aspect is hard because we're in a we're in a different bubble, our age group, me and you, because we also had a childhood. You know what I mean? Turn that up. Turn that up. But <laughs> we had a we had a childhood. Like we actually we were raised off of the phones, off of the computers. We didn't look at social media. Dude, I think I think there was a stat recently where it said like suicide is up like two hundred percent during the pandemic and during quarantine. And like their suicide rates from like nine to 13 years old are up like 20%. And you sit there and you go nine years old. Like, what are you upset about? And then you sit there and you're like, well, these people have phones. These kids have phones. They have Instagram. They have all these things. And they're looking at lives that they don't have. And they're so sad about it. And you're like, why are you sad about something that like, first of all, most of this isn't even real. It's not real. And you're trying to achieve something that's not there. And that's the hard part is you're 100% right. Social media changes everything and everything needs to be immediate. You know, there needs to be no grind, no hustle, because you know why? There's a lot of people on Instagram, on TikTok, on all these platforms that make millions of dollars because they held up their phone to their face or they look good on a picture or they're able to do this and that. And that's fine. But also, I'm not... I'm grateful that I'm not part of that generation. I'm very grateful because I don't know if I would have survived, man. I don't know if I would have been able to do it at all. And I don't know if you would have been able to do it either. You know, we're, uh, we're, you said you're 28. Yeah. So I'm, right. uh, you're a year older than me. I'm 29. You're 92. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm 91. So you're, I think that's exactly it because our generation was very unique because we grew up in a generation where, you kind of like you had your video gaming 
But you also had like the pre-internet, not pre, because we grew up with the internet. No, but it was pre-YouTube and pre-all pre that stuff. Yeah, pre yeah. Social media, where like, bro, I would I would get out of school at two forty-five. I'd have my football practice. I'd get home at around seven, seven thirty. I'd do my homework. BS. I'll be honest. I would do my homework like an hour before I would go to class. Always. Like, always. Yeah. Lunch, lunchtime. Up until college, time. by the way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was a rude awakening once yeah. I got there. But after that, bro, I would like get on Xbox with my friends. Some of my best moments of my life that I've laughed the most have been Xbox parties at like two AM with my for sure, like seven people deep, absolutely just saying the most outrageous shit ever. But yo, you used to play Halo and Call of Duty and stuff. Nah, I played. I never was a Halo guy. I played COD, yeah. oh, like Modern Warfare Two, bro. I was nasty. Yeah. Son. I but, was. But nasty. also, when you left the house, you knew not to shoot anybody, right? Yeah. Like, of there's course. kids now who don't know that. Like, bro, they, my favorite, weird. my favorite video game of all time is Grand Theft Auto. Yes. My logo on my food truck is me and my dad back to back and it's grand theft auto texture and look to it beautiful grand theft i never auto, fucking ran over listen anyone. grand theft auto was one of the best games ever for this reason i would come upstairs from playing video games at 12 years old i would go to dinner and my mom would be like hey like what's up like what were you doing i said i was just playing video games i actually just killed a hooker took all of her money and then left <laughs> No, you used to get them and in your car. What do you mean? You used to get them the, in your car. You used to get head from them. Yes. And then basically when they left the car, you were like, bitch, I just gave you 80 bucks. Like, <laughs> you and you shoot them. Down? Yeah, and you yeah, shoot yeah, them. Yeah. And you're like, bro, I'm taking my money back. And you sit there. But like, I never went to the like dining room table going like, mom, I need to leave. Like, I need to find a hooker. Like, I like I knew right from wrong at that point. Now it's different. Like, now I feel like it is a little different. Like, I watch my nephew play games and... Also, I mean, you you know the Twitch community and like mm -hmm. you know all the streaming. My nephew doesn't even sometimes like playing. He's nine years old. He doesn't even play the game sometimes. He just watches videos of people playing games. And like, it's crazy that you can make a living doing that. So like also now, this is where it comes full circle. And it's funny because this is one of my questions also. The way I was just talking about how your dad and my parents and, you know, all, this generation doesn't really understand what we're doing. My nephew at nine years old can technically, if he focused on gaming enough, can make a great living. Yeah, absolutely. And you sit there and you're like trying to tell him like, listen, go outside, play some sports, socialize, right. Right, do all right, this right. shit. But then you're like, this kid could be making millions of dollars in like five, six years if he really does it right. My buddy Danny was like a top. 20 halo 2 player like wow. in the world he was absurd yeah and anytime he hears like some of the numbers that these video game people he must be so pissed he's like bro my fucking mama told me not to play video games so pissed man he's like, but yo i was like really good at grand theft auto also at one yeah. point. modern warfare 2 i had like a 1.8 kd i was nasty now if you see me play cod I'm like, I know you look like you look, like a, you look yeah, like a 13 like, year old on a PS2. Yeah, right? I'm like, yo, what is this? Is this a new language? Like, what's going on? I was on? a big. I, I personally, uh, what was your favorite uh, station? Like, what was your favorite video game console? Because mine's, I could answer mine. Mine's PS2 easily. Yo, easily. You know what's funny? My favorite system ever. I never had it. What was it Dreamcast? N64, bro. You're sick. So Go you didn't have a childhood. Golden no, you didn't have a childhood. <laughs> Goldeneye was my shit. Yeah, bro. all right. Yo, Mario Listen, Party. Goldeneye, I, me and my family played Mario Party. Four controllers, me and, and it was four people in my family. We played Mario Party as a family because how great of a game it was. Goldeneye was insane. Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball was insane. Now, also, 
I loved PS2, but I also loved the fact that Dreamcast was Dreamcast was awesome. Dreamcast was amazing, but I loved the arcade games too. So I, I loved playing NFL Blitz. Like mm. NFL Blitz was my shit. And then all of a sudden you got a little older, you played PS2 and you played NFL Hits. And like you play NFL Street, you know what I mean? And NFL, NFL Street, Street was, was popping, wild. Jeremy yeah, Shockey with yeah, like 42 inch biceps. You're like, dude, what am I playing? And then you played all these games. I never played. Uh, I was a big Sega guy too. I love Sega Genesis. I played Mortal Kombat on there with my brother. I played um, a lot of the Power Rangers games and stuff. But PS2, man. After PS2, I never bought a, sta- uh, a video game console after PlayStation 2. Like I never had one. I, I wasn't a big video game guy after that. Uh, PlayStation 2 was my shit though, man. I used to, also N64 too, uh, Tony Hawk. Mm-hmm. Tony Hawk Underground was wild. You got the yellow, you got the yellow console, man. And the worst part was, I miss it now, but like whenever your game wouldn't work, you take it out, blow on it like a moron thinking that did anything because it was all dusty. And then it would come back on. You're like, oh, look at me. Like I'm, a, I'm an engineer. Imagine. Like I'm an engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is crazy. Dude, I, I think... Going back as we start to wrap this up, because I got Alan in the background. We're about to record mm-hmm. um, a podcast that you guys are going to hear before you hear this one. Yes, sir. But, man, if I can just give you any advice and something that I struggle with also when it comes to the relationship with the parents. Because I always tell people that I want one day when I have kids to have the relationship I have with my parents, me to have with my kids. It's great. The only thing me and my dad collide on is his health. Besides that, it's like sunshine and rainbows. There's no issues. But they don't understand this. And I feel like they shouldn't need to understand this. It's not their job. It's It's not not their job to because it's unconventional. It's different. Bro, I've been like, I've had people reach out to me to do stuff with. And I laugh. I laugh at some of the job offers that I've got. I'm like, why? This is mad. Like, no one asks me what my degree is anymore because none of the stuff that I'm doing. When was the last time somebody asked you for a resume? No, I've, I've been asked for a resume, but I send a digital media resume where like I show them the analytics of the show. It gets as many downloads. It gets as many hits. I'm talking about like a physical resume of like where you had internships, where you had jobs. Like my internship that? is my, my dad's coffee truck. Exactly, dude. Yeah. I don't remember the last time anybody asked me for anything. No, nah, no. Nah. But now it's just I just send channel analytics of the show downloads i have a i have a list that you're on also of all-time guests every guest i've ever had on i update it every time it's on an excel sheet nice little graphic i update it because when i send out an email and i get a guest on the show i like to send them the email and it gives you incentive right like oh shit you've had this person on you've had that person on it makes it easier to be able to build the show because you have to sell yourself yeah yeah but also it's like bro there's there's over a million podcasts out there it's like what makes you unique right and then when people people listen to the show then they get an idea of it but then when you see some of the people that have been on the show it's like oh all right this isn't like some slap dick podcast like there's a there's a brand there's a studio there's there's video, there's editors, there's there's a lot of shit that goes into it. When you had Poe on the show, man, that was big. That was so big for me. I wasn't even there. I was like, bro, my man out here. Dude, that was that, that's my guy. Like, I can say he's a friend. We follow each other. Literally a friend, bro. Like, the way you guys were talking, I was like, damn, you guys are just FaceTiming straight it's up. Cool. Like we, we ended up talking like a half hour afterwards. And, and it sucks that he got cut by the Cowboys because when they were going to play the Giants, he's like, yo, I was going to hook you up. He's like, 
he, he told me he's like oh, i'll hook you up we'll get you in a suite because like it's all like family and friends that could go to yeah games. absolutely yeah. even when there's restrictions like in new york there's restrictions but it's just like even even just knowing that is like dope as so fuck, cool bro. man That's and all the people that i've met and like like i've become a really fucking big y'all ufc is probably my favorite event to go to in person you ever been to one? No, but I love it though because it's human cockfighting, man. It's literally Bro. the funniest thing ever. <laughs> it's it's the best bang for your buck to go to a sporting event yeah. that you can go. Bro, you'll pay like 200 bucks. You'll be there for 6 hours, bro. If you go from the start to the end, it's just and, and some of the earlier fights are actually better than the main card yeah, yeah. because they're trying to like get the they're, knockout they are surviving they are yeah, literally like yo man. i'm making 15 grand tonight dude the guy that fought over the weekend he ended up losing because he shut he, he separated his shoulder and there was a doctor stoppage his name is brandon royval he fought like during quarantine he was like a late fight replacement this dude finished like a top 15 guy and he got the bonus, the $50,000 bonus. And then after he's being interviewed and he's like crying, he's like, yo, I'm so happy I don't got to go to work on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> You're a professional athlete. Bro. Like, it's so wild. But to me, UFC has, and like some of the connections and networking that I've done through that. And my buddy Jared, he's fighting February. Oh, 20th. yo, that's the guy from, a, he's from Astoria, right? He's from Astoria. Yeah. yeah he, dude, he, yo, he's also had a, he has a crazy story. Uh, yeah, man. Dude, he is, listen. People like that, that's why also when you kind of look at yourself and you feel sorry for yourself ever, you look at people like that and you see, yo, that guy grabbed himself from the gutter and literally brought himself back up and he is a success. Like, I don't give a shit if he loses any fight. I don't care. Like, that man ha is on the narrow path. He's sober as can be and he's a success and he has a family that he's taking. Like, listen, that I respect that to the to the core like that's what i'm here for that's what i love yeah he's fighting february 20th against danny chavez uh this is gonna be i, I believe oh, i believe this is his eighth fight in the ufc man that's big bro like, huge that's big and he's under contract with them and they like him and his story is very marketable so like, dana said also i remember listening to dana on a podcast and he said he goes listen after your second or third fight we decide whether or not like you are part of us because you can find anybody to stick around like if you really want to promote them like it's like it's like real it's real wrestling like you can market who you want to market he his story alone let alone his actual success in the ring is dude he's an inspiration to millions like yeah. millions i don't even know him and personally i don't watch the ufc so i've never actually seen him fight but I know his story. His story carries more weight than his actual record. So, like, I don't know. He's probably a great fighter. I have no idea. But his actual story really resonated with me. I was sitting there. I was like, wow, this guy is this guy is huge, man. Like, this guy is on top of the world. His physical health is also, like, the craziest thing ever. The fact that you can be in shape enough to be a UFC fighter, to take hits like that. But then you also realize he's been taking hits his whole life, you know, yeah. especially his whole adult life. It's crazy. Do you have ESPN Plus? No, I don't. I'll give you my login so you can check it out. You got to watch uh, Fight Island uh, Unidentified or Unclassified. So that was recently then because Fight yeah, Island yeah, yeah. was this it was year. Like the, it was like the backstory of how Fight Island came about. 
Bro, Jared is like featured heavy in the first two episodes. Love that. He's the star of it, the first Love two episodes. That. Love that. I remember I saw him pop up and I texted him. I was like, bro, this is wild. I sent the picture. He's like, dude, I'm in like the whole fucking series. I was a big UFC guy when The Ultimate Fighter was a show. Like, I loved, right. I loved that. You're, while watching, what's his name? Uh, Bust Down a Door. Uh, Rampage. Rampage. That was the craziest yeah. thing ever. Also, you kind of noticed that I remember watching, uh, like, I was, a, I was big early on it. And I loved Tito. I love Tito, not because I, I thought he was kind of, I thought he was good. Because his girlfriend but, was an X-rated movie. Dude, she's so, oh, she was so bad. <laughs> she was so sexy. But also. Double be, J, baby. Bro, she, oh if God. you know, you know. You, don't look her up at work. No, Don't no, advise that, no. but great girl. Oh, great girl, man. Great girl. <laughs> Literally down on her hands and knees doing it for the gram, bro. That's the <laughs> definition of it right there. But him, and also we were wrestling fans. I mean, I was a huge wrestling fan. And seeing where Ken Shamrock went after wrestling or even before wrestling, you're kind of sitting there. You're like, wait, this guy, like his signature move was the ankle lock. And it's because this dude was putting people in arm bars and fucking breaking people's legs. Like, I'm like, dude, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And then what's the, uh, he's the best. He's probably labeled the best heavyweight ever. I forgot his name. Big dude. Um, Cain Velasquez. No, he fought in, uh, he, he, yeah. Yeah. Fedor, Fedor. Dude, that guy watching that guy fight was like watching Butterbean against Johnny Knoxville and Jackass. Like it was literally, it was straight up just the dude going like going a hundred miles per hour. He's three hundred pounds and he's quick on his feet. I'm like, dude, this is a crazy sport. This is crazy, and the fact that it's evolved to what it is now is insane. Listen, let's wrap this up. We're gonna finish the rest of these games and then we're gonna record another podcast. Gonna have you on too. You ain't going nowhere. No, right? no, no, stick around. I told you what I texted you last night. Yeah, I got you. No, no, I no. I want you exactly. I want you to repeat it because I'll, I'll repeat it for you. If not, I said, no, listen. I said, listen. When I get here in the most heterosexual way possible, <laughs> you have me all night because like I have nowhere to go. So. <laughs> Dude, Nick Zab, always a pleasure, man. Tell the people where they can find you if there's anything they should be on the lookout for. Uh, honestly, just find me on Instagram, uh, Nick underscore Zav. And uh, yeah, that's really it. I don't have any other social media. If you want to ask for my phone number, I probably won't give it to you, though. Uh, unless you like. Un I mean, like, unless like, you're about it, about it, then that's a different story. Or, or the Venmo. Yeah, I mean, listen, serious. I have a Venmo. You know, it's NVZ. Like, that's really it. So catch me out. Catch me outside. Yeah, is that? it going to be weird when you re-listen to this pod and, like, right now, as I stop talking, it's going to be your your voice? No, I yo, I told you one of the craziest things is whenever I listen to this podcast, like, I completely forget on the intro music. And I always start there. I'm, like, bobbing my head. And I'm like, oh, yo, this is fire. And then I'm like, yeah, yeah, dick, it's you. So good try. <laughs> Guys, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Can't let it drop and me spill. Clogging the lane, I'm feeling the strain. I'm here for the spot to be filled. Not to be cocky, but all of you watching while I'm in the cup paying property bills. Got it. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.